what I always say when I'm talking about Ugh, I would have walked into this. Dying is dying and death is death, baby. <laughs> Hi, welcome to Deadbeat with Maggie Crane and Claire Martin. Hi. Um, uh, this episode that you're about to listen to, um, me and Claire went back to my hometown in Williamstown, Massachusetts, and we talked to Nikki Flynn, who's the funeral director of Flynn and Dagnoli Funeral Home in North Adams, Massachusetts. Um, and it was pretty intense. It got re- it got pretty real because he's you know it's a small town so he knows everyone and he's taking care of everyone's dead family uh so you know he's uh he knows me well and in ways that most people don't um it was a pleasure to talk to him um yeah that's here we go where are you from? You're from... Uh, I'm from Seattle. Seattle. Yeah. It's a small, uh, close-knit uh, community, so everyone helps out everyone. They try to. Yeah, yeah. it's really, yeah. it's a really small town. Like, Claire yeah. came in last night on the bus, and it was like, it was like a thunderstorm, and I realized that the Williams Inn is, like, closed now, so yeah. I'm like, oh, man, she's going to come into this tiny little haunted town in a thunderstorm <laughs> and get, yeah. yeah, pull up to, like, a haunted, abandoned yeah. hotel, and yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, welcome. Yeah, right. It's a nice town, though. Uh-huh. Yeah. So the reason why, well, like, the reason why I wanted to talk to you specifically yeah. is because I thought I think it's really interesting because we wanted to talk to someone sure. who's an undertaker but also it's like we have this relationship of based course, on yeah. just like you every family member who's ever died of mine here in Williamstown sure. you've taken care of it yeah. and you've always been there as this incredibly positive and wonderful presence yeah. so we really wanted to come back and talk to you also um, we were me and my parents were reminiscing about this last night my grandfather and you went to mass together all the time yeah, yeah Reggie uh, your grandpa Reggie and, and we were Go to mass together. Yeah, and, and he had this, he yeah. had this ongoing bit that you would like. He got all his shoes from you. Well, he was from Brooklyn, New York. Yes. And I guess the uh, the people in the uh, Brooklyn, New York area, <laughs> you know, they went through the uh, depression and, and everything, and uh, so they watched what they bought and, and everything. And he had this theory, and it may be true in Brooklyn, New York. I don't know. If it, I know it's not true here in the Berkshire. <laughs> But that the undertaker uh, saves the shoes mm-hmm. and doesn't put the shoes on the body. No, and he sells them. He sell, sells them off to the side. So uh, Reggie, your grandfather, would would call me twice a year, three times a year, and ask me if I had a size eight and a half <laughs> uh, wingtip or whatever. Yeah, um, and he would do this. He would do this like all whenever he'd see you, or he'd like make jokes about it all the time. And then I remember at his own funeral, yeah. like you were like conducting it, and you were like the MC of it. And before we took his body from the funeral home you like made a lovely like not speech but you made like made some lovely remarks and then you said and just so you guys all know he has a shoes, shoes on, on yeah. and everyone just lost it it was like all my like scumbag like staten island uncles oh, they were just, funny yeah they were they loved that yeah. so but that i think really speaks it's like you get to know like a whole community oh sure of yeah. people because you get to see these families through some of the worst moments of their lives. Oh, of course, yeah. But you get to sort of, yeah. like, and then bec- you become such a pillar of a community because you are there for people in yeah. those well, moments. thank you. It's an advantage to live in a, in a community. I think other funeral directors uh, throughout the ca- uh, county and co- mm-hmm. the country yeah. uh, might be a little bit different in the big cities because you don't have the total interaction, but mm-hmm. the hometown uh, funeral director, it's, it's, a, uh, it's a part of why I entered into the business. Uh, I was third generation uh, my grandfather, my father, myself. So I kind of grew up with the culture of mm-hmm. knowing people and, and, and interested in people. Yeah. yeah. So, so that, that was one of my first questions. Yeah. How? So how did you yourself get into it? Well, my uh, a quick 
quick story is my grandfather was in World War One, was up in uh, Vermonter, came down here, uh, started the business. Uh, it was a whole different type of business. That was when most of the uh, uh, services or calling hours or visitations were done right in people's homes. Mm -hmm. People weren't even taken out of their homes. Yeah. The embalming process was done there. Everything was done there. Wow. Uh, a casket was brought in. So it was a, kind of a different, unique situation. Uh, and then my father went into the business after he graduated from Georgetown and was in the war, uh, uh, Korean War, and then I came in after my father's passing. Mm -hmm. uh, but I was involved with the business uh, since I was probably about 10, on the, on the outskirts, mm -hmm. uh, just picking up flowers, vacuuming. Uh, I had four sisters, mm -hmm. and, and uh, my mother needed a break from me, <laughs> and I needed a break from my four sisters and my mom. <laughs> My brother was the older so uh, I was kind of around it quite a bit and mm -hmm. my dad was a great guy and so we used to be spent a lot of time together mm -hmm. uh, and so it was a natural um, uh, process for me to enter into the family business wanted to be in a small town wanted to raise a family in a small town mm -hmm. loved the area so off I came back uh, but I had a business degree and more of an accounting degree uh, from a, a school outside of Boston uh, Bentley College and uh, uh, it took a little adjustment coming back, getting into the physical part of it all. Uh, and uh, I've, if you can enjoy your profession, I do enjoy my profession. It's not the physical part, yeah. you know, and it can be tough, uh, physical part, but it's the emotional part, seeing people uh, suffer or, mm -hmm. or have losses, because a loss is pretty tough to handle. Yeah. Whether it's a cat mm -hmm. or a dog or a divorce or uh, someone moving out of town or, or anything, but obviously a, a death is a final final um, goodbye. So, mm -hmm. so that's uh, why I went into it. And my son Daniel, who you know, yeah. <laughs> from St. Mike's, and he is pursuing the same career now. Yeah. And so he's going to be off to do that. Did it take any, because I know since you grew up with it, so you were always sort of around it, yep. but was there any big difference when you first got into it? Like, did, was it was there any, like, shocking moments, or did did you sort of ease into it? Or? I eased into it. My father never pushed me into it. I just eased into it gradually. And I had other relatives, an uncle and my grandmother mm -hmm. and things, and they eased eased me into it completely at that point. But I'll tell you, uh, my mother, who's passed, had a poem that I wrote uh, in um, fourth grade, third grade at the Williamstown Elementary School, my father, the florist. I thought my father was selling flowers for years. I never knew he was an undertaker. Oh my God. Because I saw so many flowers in the back seat of the car. So uh, I wasn't picking things up so quickly. Wow. Yeah, so. Yeah. Was, it, was there any adjustment period when you yourself were the one dealing like with the families and doing like in the involved? How is it embalming? Embalming, yeah. Embalming. Yep. So did did that take getting used to, or were you sort of because you are always sort of in that world, were you sort of like, no, yeah. this is I'm used to this. This is family business. Yeah, no. Uh, the uh, the physical part took time and training and, and safeguards and, mm -hmm. and 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 different uh, different aspects of that. But the uh, meeting with families, it, it, it took a little bit, probably just as you started your career, the first time on stage, whoa, yeah. my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> but as time went on, and people were always gracious, knowing you know that I was only 21 when I took over the business. That's so, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, uh, no, it's, it's kind of built in. Some people yeah. have things built in, mm -hmm. yeah, and uh, that was it. You sort of mentioned it when you said, um, you were mentioning when you're talking about it, the physical and the emotional, when we were sort of, thinking about what it would be to be an undertaker, it's like you pretty much have two wildly different jobs. Correct. So it's like you have this one very like sort of um, isolated thing, you do all this stuff with the body itself, you 
you came to my house, uh, you like pick up the bodies, you do all this stuff. And that's like very like physical, very like procedural. And then you also have to be like an MC. You have to be like this gracious performer and like very much like be there for people and like be like the master of ceremonies. Yeah. How do you balance that? Well, it's a little difficult. And most uh, in the industry, the funeral service industry, Often people will uh, have one aspect of the business. Mm -hmm. You know, in New York City, they have in bombers. They, that's all they do. Uh, and no, and uh, and and other people just serve as a funeral director or host or, or a different aspect of it all. Mm -hmm. When you're in a small town, uh, you you kind of do all of it. I don't do so much of the physical work as I once did at, when I was younger, uh, just because of the demands of the of the other side of the business. But I also feel that. Uh, the the uh, community or the family or even the loved one who's died who doesn't even know I'm there physically, you know, I kind of made a promise that I'd take care of them. So mm -hmm. I would come to the home uh, and, and have that physical presence uh, to the family. And, and it's kind of odd to think, but also to the deceased. Yeah, yeah, uh, totally. And, and, you know, the Tibetan monks, I don't know if you've even talked about the Tibetan monks, and they always thought that the last, the last uh, um, sense that you lose is, is hearing. Uh, and everything else goes, you, you can't see, you can't smell, but your hearing continues and continues. And that's why a good nurse, probably like your mom, uh, never talks ill or negative in front of a deceased body. Uh, and it's a training that many nurses have and, and Tibet monks believe in it. So, because they're going through that passage mm -hmm. and everything should be positive and they shouldn't be worried about anything other than yeah. being positive. Uh, and so I kind of take that to granted. Also, when you knock on someone's door, you, you pretend it's your own door. Then, you know, my goodness, I'm going in to, to take someone I love out of my home, so. Yeah. yeah, well that, absolutely, I mean, I've never heard you talk to that, but that absolutely comes across in yeah. every time I've ever interacted with you. I think it's been at least four times. Yeah, quite a few, yeah. Yeah, yeah. for my, my family uh, specifically. But I do also remember, especially when I was a kid, when my brother died, I remember like, you know, people don't know how to act around. Oh, no, no, no people no. don't know how to act, and you were just extremely relaxed and chill and even yeah. like cracking jokes with my parents and it's like, like I, yeah, yeah and your ability to do that I think like made something that was like this traumatizing thing for a 12 year old like to a lot less traumatizing yeah. and I sort of like always remember of course you with such like fond memories but I also am like wow it's like the little things of when people know how to sure. handle it like yeah. no and of course it's your job yeah. but it's like that was so important for me yeah. and also I remember like the grace and humor you did it with is yeah. probably why I can one of the reasons I can probably now like crack jokes about it oh, on sure. stage yeah. so it's like I hope you realize how, yeah. what an incredible job well uh, humor do. humor gets people through Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, troubled times, uh, mm -hmm. laughing, uh, it's like a good song, it's, it's, it's anything. So humor, you can see, I, you know, I'll sit down with families and my staff will say, geez, they were kind of cheerful and, 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 well, they're not, mm -hmm. but they're, they're using their humor to, as a grief uh, mechanism to handle it and get through things. Yes. And, uh, and I think it's a wonderful way to do it. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, don't stereotype it. Say the Irish, they never cry in public. Yeah. <laughs> they keep everything compressed, you know, mm -hmm. inside. Now, that's not a healthy way to be. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> but, but, but their humor 
can get them through that. And then the storytelling as, as, as the person goes. I mean, your grandpa's been gone some time, and mm -hmm. I, I, could, I could tell that story about the, the guy from Brooklyn uh, <laughs> yeah. at every, every sit-down that I talked with people. <laughs> yeah. so it's a, and, and we did not know each other because they came, they came here, um, you know, I got to know them through mom and dad, yeah. but, but it was a wonderful thing, so humor is good. Yeah, yeah clearly it's, it's yeah. stuck with me and everything. What is, these are sort of more broad, but what's, what's um, one of the harder, like what, what's your least favorite part of the job? Uh, it, it's changed over the years, but one thing has become uh, constant, children. Mm -hmm. Yes. Very similar to your brother but even younger and, and infants even. Uh, so the, the, the child uh, aspect of it all is very difficult because it's, it's so hard to, to ex understand why that mm -hmm. happens. And you, know, you, can, you can study medical books, you can do this, you can do that, but eh, you didn't get a chance, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then the, the, the one that has surfaced into me over the last 10 years is the overdose and the, and the addictions uh, that you have seen uh, yeah. Your classmates, uh, oh. not so much my classmates, but b wonderful kids. I right? coached in baseball or hockey and did this and did that. And, and maybe they didn't have certain opportunities. Maybe they did. It doesn't matter. Uh, it doesn't matter how much they had, how much money their parents had, how much they didn't have, what school they went to, or what school they didn't go to. And all of a sudden, you get the phone call that you know found in the basement with a needle mm -hmm. and some house that. The parents don't even know where it is or this or that. So it, it's it's a um, disturbing part of society now that needs to be solved. That's some something. Way. It's like every Annie probably could, Annie your oh, daughter yeah, who I went so. to high school with can probably speak to this too. It's like we see one of our classmates like every other oh, month. Oh yeah, it's, it's like it, it's it's terrible. Mm -hmm. It's terrible. And and it and I'm finding it's hard to get through the grief process because that question is why is so much out there mm -hmm. you know you, you know you, you go through all the stages and and you get it's tough to get through that yeah because it's so it's such a strong situation it takes over people's lives and forever you know, forever and it's from the rich to the poor from the educated to the non-educated it doesn't matter mm -hmm. you know so there you go. We'll have to figure a way to get out of that. Maybe we we'll use humor to get yeah. through it. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. I, I, we've talked about that before on the podcast, just like the difference between like all death is like sad at the end of the day, but there's like the difference between a very tragic death and then just like that's how people's lives end in yes, death. Yes, correct. So in like going through like, you know, when like your older relatives die and grandparents are like you see like sort of the older members of community that sort of celebratory sense oh, sure. is like beautiful yeah. i mean my grandpa's funeral was so funny it yeah, was like it was. so yeah, much fun so, yeah. everyone was just yeah it was it, it was such a good time it's like you nearly feel guilty at sometimes when you're like laughing so hard and yeah. you're like oh he's not even here damn it yeah. but uh, and then to like also then see like my brother's funeral I, even though he was sick it is more it's like it is the loss of a child people don't know how to react oh no not at all so like it's like nearly dealing with two different experiences sure can, oh yeah no yeah. question I remember when you when you when your brother passed and you know I normally do these days these, these things and and uh, your mother and father are such gracious people and I consider them very good friends mm -hmm. would do anything for them but I remember when we got to church it's customary for a funeral director that uh, to push the casket down the aisle mm -hmm. well I turned around and I saw a little Maureen there and I'm sitting there going you've been pushing him your whole life mm -hmm. well, that's not my job that's your job yeah 
Yeah. And it wasn't a job. Mm-hmm. You know, you remember that? Yeah, I do. And we're going to cry. Yeah, I know. We're both, yeah. we're both like on the verge yeah. of this. So I'm sitting there going, so I have to step back, uh, you know, because it's, it's, it's not about me. Mm-hmm. There's no way it's about me. It's, it's, you know, the two of them and probably you mm-hmm. pushed them up and yeah. down and all around for I don't know how many years, but mm-hmm. it wasn't, I wasn't going to take that from your mother. No, yeah. No. Uh, no. Yeah. And if it doesn't go right, who cares and who knows? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> It's, yeah. a, it's a yeah. show. It's a show. Yeah, it's a, show it's, must it's go a, on. Yeah, it's yeah. So, yeah, so that was the church just down the street. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, right around yeah. the corner. Yeah. So what, and, and then your grandpa says, I don't know why they're going to that church. Yeah, I know, because it was, was a devout Roman Catholic. Yeah, yeah. My, my grandma's a Catholic, and my mom had the funeral at a Protestant church, and that, that's a no-no yeah, <laughs> when, you're, no, when you're no. Irish. I don't know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but, uh, well, I guess that bleeds into it nicely. So what is the most rewarding part of being an undertaker? Uh, the most rewarding part is seeing people move on after the fact. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's it's nice to uh, that they they greet me not as the undertaker but as a friend, and that we're able to uh, move on uh, and see people move on. And they see me move on from my losses too. Mm-hmm. Now, undertakers do die. Undertakers yeah. do have tragedies and losses and ups and downs, mm-hmm. just like anything else. So it's rewarding to, to see. Um, uh, that the people uh, treat me uh, just the same, just not to do the Undertaker. And I'm starting to see that now since my son is uh, coming into the business uh, or thinking about it and good mm-hmm. training and he's been working for me, and especially this summer, obviously I would introduce him to the families and they they make some very nice comments, which mm-hmm. which makes me feel good. I don't need my ego pumped or anything, but mm-hmm. but uh, it's it's good. Yeah. yeah it's good. What is what is some advice you have or would give to your son going on in this business? Uh, to not take yourself too seriously. Yes. And, and walk walk in other people's shoes. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to go religious on you or anything, but uh, the beatitudes from with, with Jesus on the mountain. He says, "Whatever you do for your least of my brothers, you do unto me." Now you don't have to be Catholic. You don't have to be Christian. You can be anything you want. And most people would sit there and say, "That's a good quality to uh, to help out people when they need it. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink. If yeah. they need a sweater and it's cold, give them a sweater. If they if they need some place to stay, give them some place to stay." Mm-hmm. So uh, that's the advice I'll give them. And don't judge. You know, there's no, mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know. Look in the mirror. You can judge yourself, and you're not going to be too happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's that's yeah. very that's beautiful. Even yeah. as someone who I'm not religious at all, but that's 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 yeah, perfect. Yeah, so I think yeah. I think he's he'll be all right with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You sort of mentioned this. Uh, so when you have experienced loss, your own family members, who who takes care of you guys? Uh, it's tough. Yeah, it, it's tough. You know, they always say the cobbler always has the worst shoes. Yeah, you know? and so. Uh, uh, for example, I had the loss of my mother uh, uh, about five years ago, and mm-hmm. uh, my sister Victoria was the caregiver. She's yeah. good friends with mom know, and, and, and this and that. And so uh, I made a promise. Mom says, you're going to take care of everything for me. Mom I said, Ma, I don't, I don't want to. She says, you know, you, you have to. So mm-hmm. yeah, you have to get through it and, um, and, and do it for yourself. But, but it's not... Un, as unusual as you would think, people of a, say Jewish faith, mm-hmm. they take care of their own physical bodies. You know what I mean? The emotional part you have to deal with, but uh, someone of Jewish faith, uh, a committee, friends come in and wash the body and place it in the casket. And it's a whole whole group uh, that doesn't, they pray over the body and, and everything else. And I'm sure they don't want to go in sometimes. It's, uh, you know, they're, they're 
church member or their good friend, but it's a necessary thing that needs to be done. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not, not as unusual as others, but it is tough. Oh, I imagine. Yeah, it's tough. I imagine. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. you don't get to step back. You yeah. don't get to step back at all, and you don't get to have sort of that illusion of like the body leaves where they passed away and then you see it again in this sort of beautiful laid out way yeah, so and you don't, don't, see, you don't, don't get it. Now you're in it. charge of the beautiful scenery at, at there. Yeah. yeah. But it's all right. Wow. It's all right. Yeah. yeah. How, so uh, this is sort of, I don't know if this is a good question or not, but what, what do you want, if you, your whole life is like doing these funerals. What do you want your funeral to be? Uh, I think I would like to have some great music mm -hmm. uh, and a celebration after the uh, I'll have a mass mm -hmm. uh, and certain readings that I want and then um, I have a couple of them already picked out and uh, and then just a nice quiet time and then a celebration of life I, I don't think you have to worry so much about the, the funeral but you know you should live your life and uh, like my kids probably would be happy with, with the way I've lived my life and oh, yeah. be the best, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm not a, uh, you know, you know me, I, mm -hmm. I'm a pretty active guy and, yeah. and out and about and I'm no angel. And my <laughs> sister might be an angel, your mom might be an angel, but, <laughs> no. but your dad and I aren't. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, no, just a nice celebration, whatever brings comfort to my kids nice. and my friends, yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. What are some um, common misconceptions that people are often think about your profession because I imagine when you like meet it, someone for the first time you're like I'm an undertaker people are like ah like oh, yeah. oh no like that's people get this imagery of like Grim Reaper stuff like, oh yeah sure yeah, yeah so yeah. what are some misconceptions you well, when I was you know be, you know uh, if, when I was younger and first started and you want to meet a, a woman or something <laughs> I was told I worked in the body shop you know I didn't tell them because uh, they all knew it was the joke at the time <laughs> but uh, uh, no they they have some funny Funny concepts, uh, you know, hooks in the basement, you know, draining this and draining that, and, and ghoulish things. Uh, and uh, I think society has changed a lot. Uh, when you look back in the maybe 50s, 60s, and 70s, I think people were just so standoffish about it now. Mm -hmm. But I think people um, have understand that it's not that type of a business. Uh, mm -hmm. But yeah, they get they get some strange ideas about basements and and yeah. and, and, and uh, everything. You know, taking organs and doing this and doing that. And stealing shoes. Stu stealing shoes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, stuff like that. Uh, gold teeth and everything <laughs> yeah. else. You know, oh my goodness. But uh, yeah, I think that's just the the physical part of, of it all. I mm -hmm. think that's uh, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I bet. I, I enjoy my profession because of what it offers me. Uh, a lot of people give things back back to me, you know, in, in their kindness and their uh, looking out for myself, my family, my extended family. And uh, maybe it's because we live in this small little town or this small little area, but Berkshire County is not that small. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I've been very fortunate to, um, uh, to met a lot of nice people. Well, you're certainly yeah. a huge presence. I was at I I'm in Massachusetts this weekend because I was at a bridal shower yeah. of one of my best friends, and her like father's girlfriend just died of cancer, and so I mentioned I was going to talk to you for this podcast. She was like, I just saw him. Like yeah. I just like so it's like everyone in this town knows you, and you've like again I said this at the beginning, just have seen everyone through some incredibly hard times. Hard times, yeah. But and, they get better. Yeah. Oh, they clearly yeah. get better. Like yeah, I'm very proud of her. <laughs> Thank I'd like you. to see, see your, <laughs> you don't swear on your, uh, do on you my, swear? On my podcast yeah. or on stage? On I stage. swear all the time. My mother <laughs> hates it. It's so funny. She comes to my shows and she's like, I see her in the audience just like, ah, oh, like, I'm not swear. <laughs> yeah, she hates it. But 
she's she's come around. At the beginning, she was like, why would you want to get on stage and talk about yourself? And I'm like, because I'm a narcissist. I don't know what to tell you. But yeah. now she's come around to it. Yeah. She's she's always like sending me like she's like, oh, have you seen like do you know Chris Rock or like and I'm like yeah, Chris Rock mom. Thing. Yeah, I'm like thank yeah. you for like yeah getting interested yeah. in my thing. Annie enjoys uh, going to see whenever she can. Yeah, it was so fun to see Annie in Burlington. That yeah. was so that yeah, was so funny. She's a good egg. She, and she would be a good film director too. Yeah. Um, because she's a very good listener. She's a great listener. She's so funny and yeah, she's she so like funny. she's got the same thing as you do that like deadpan like yeah. look, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. She's that. good. Yeah. So she's good. Yeah. All right, I think this, well, that is, wasn't painful. this is great. Yeah, well, thank yeah. you so much yeah, for nice doing this. Yeah, this. Nice meeting you there. Nice